Oh, yeah, that's that's not good. Yes. Then we could die. First time being shot at? Yeah. I dislike him very much. You all right? Yeah. No holes? Huh? Only uh, the ones that I was born with. How are your holes? The fuck can you make a shootout awkward? Sorry. Sorry. Nerd stalking. Nerd stalking. Nerd stalking. Nerd stalking. Oh, hell yeah. You're listening to Nerdstocking. I'm Bill, and the other guy is Chad. Yo. Speaking of world building and movies, which we did in a previous episode, they do a great job of setting up an alternate present day where humans mingle with fantasy creatures in Bright, an original Netflix movie starring Will Smith. You know, the Fresh Prince. So tonight, we're talking about Will Smith and Bright. You see that movie, Chad? I did. I didn't see it when it came out like some people did. Neither did I, actually. Because it got fucking savaged by reviewers. All I heard was Will Smith made a lot of money. Netflix paid more money for this film than any other Yeah, it was 90 90 million for this. So when you sell a a script, you get paid. They give you some money. Netflix has a... They don't pay anybody. Wow. They pay at the end. They they agree. You have to go off. You got to... Get the money yourself to make it with the promissory note from Netflix. Yep. And then you produce it. You say, here, Netflix, and then Netflix pays you. Wow. I bet you any money they didn't do that with this one. So what, how do you think it well, went I think down? Well, I think Will Smith needed to get paid. So they, <laughs> they paid up so that, you know, there's a lot of publicity for that. But, uh, you know, like you, I guess I didn't watch it because I thought, ah, it's more hype, more bullshit. Well, your initial reaction hearing the premise might be it's a shitty remake of Alien Nation. Exactly. Right. You know, District 9. Which they already did with District 9. Yeah. And they did, it was a great film. And so I thought, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in any urgency. Then, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Yep. I decided, you know, there's nothing else. I've watched Baywatch. What else do I need to watch? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I threw it on and I, I think I literally made it, I don't know, five minutes in and thought, no, nope, I don't even want to watch this. Right. And, and Netflix, uh, screw your $90 million. Yeah, fuck Eat it. you and your choices. Even though I'm already subscribed. <laughs> yeah. So I can't not patronize them. Exactly. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to log out. <laughs> I'm going to log out Netflix and then I'm going to fucking log back in. Take that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that because it's just too much of a hassle with the Apple TV to have to sign in. And I hate whenever the thing expires and they have to sign in. Well, there's like about 900 different vectors you can get into Netflix, man. You you go through Apple TV. Yeah, I got like the PS4. My f- smart TV has it. There's another way. <laughs> iPad, iPhone, my computer, you know, shit. There's a lot of vectors, man. There is. So, you know, the other night, maybe now a few, maybe five nights ago. Yep. If anybody's really wants to follow my schedule, I threw it on. I thought, what, what the fuck? What the, you know, I think I can do this. I'm just going to watch it. 
Yep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to settle down. I got, I'm going to. You're like, no matter what, you're going to continue. You're not going to stop it. I feel it's my obligation to nerd culture. Just in your mind, think, okay, I'm going to lose these two hours. Right. I'm just going to accept that. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, unlike so many films where I feel, okay, well, oh, I'm so excited to see it. And then it's terrible. Or, oh, I don't care. And it's amazing. Yeah. You know, like uh, one of the best films I've seen this year is Jumanji. It's such a good movie. Right. Uh, so with this one, I've tainted it myself. It's not that I've, I didn't read what the critics said. I tainted it myself. So I was going to overcome that, sit down and watch it. And let me tell you, once I got past that first five or 10 minutes, I started getting into it. And then I, as it turned out, I really liked it. Yeah. And, uh, I think we had, I said, you know, Bill, you haven't watched it either. I think, Let's watch it. Watch it because it was really good. And yeah, and then we'll do an episode on it. I don't think I even said it was really good. I just left it to you to see yeah, what you, you thought. Yeah, it was smart of you. You didn't uh, you didn't build it up too much. You just said, yeah, watch it, and then we'll talk about it on the show. And like I said, I knew at the time that it got published on Netflix that the critics were savaging it. And then just ahead of this podcast, I went and just saw exactly what the reaction was of critics. And on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 29. The users gave it 7.2. So the s- critics really savaged it. The funny thing, though, is the critic sample is so small. I think it's maybe about 20 reviews. But the users, it's like 600, 700 different reviews, right? So I I do kind of do this on Amazon when I'm looking at shit. Like some you'll see there are only like three or four reviews and some of them have like 200 and that gives you a bigger sample of probably what the quality really is of whatever it is you're looking at. So a few critics were pissy about it. Uh, The users really liked it. And I kind of get the feeling that it might be because it's a David Ayers film, right? And it might be that critics were so fucking incensed at how insulting down to your bone suicide squad was that Mm. they're still carrying on that, you know, vitriol and they're slagging airs bright. But, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think it, uh, the movie deserves that scorn at all because I really, really liked it. Surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly. Like when I said the first time I watched it, uh, I turned it off just after (coughs) he went out to, beat the little fairy with a broom or whatever, right? That was when I was done. It was just like, ah, no, I'm just not in the mood for this. I need to watch something funnier or something different. Right. And uh, getting past that, it was amazing how it opened up as a story. Right. And, you know, and it's all very allegorical and, you know, they follow. It's interesting because it's, uh, you know, about black and white relations, uh, but they've now... You know, they've changed it. They changed it up. They've added in another race. Yeah, or several other races, right? And it's really like, for those who haven't seen it, unlike Alien Nation, it's really, if you took the cast of Lord of the Rings and you brought them into our world, you know, where where would they play in our world? Right. I didn't see any dwarves. There was no dwarves, but there was like elves, uh, orcs, uh, at least fairies, because we saw one of those. Yeah. Or two of those. Yeah. And so it's like, well, where would they fit in? Right. If orcs are like us, but a lot stronger, and elves are like us, only stronger, faster, smarter. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we all had to commingle. How would that fly? Right. It would fly just like this. 
Um, it's funny you mentioned the uh, fairy at the beginning, right? Because that's yeah. kind of what got me hooked on the film. Like, like I, probably a lot of people, I'm not too sure about this whole premise. Like, is it going to be stupid? Is it going to be brilliant? But uh, it starts off with Will Smith, and he's talking with his wife, and they're having a conversation about his job or whatever, you know, human things. And then she's like, you hear a noise outside, and she's like, oh, there's another, uh, there's another fairy stuck in the bird feeder. And just that statement sold me on the whole thing because Mm -hmm. as we mentioned in a previous episode, it's a really great bit of world building, right? Here's this premise. You got to sell this premise, this new world you've created where humans, orcs, elves, and maybe whatever other uh, mythological creatures have been existing for thousands of years, right? Maybe since the beginning of time, they've all been, you know, commingling with each other. And that just the idea, like there's a fairy in the there's a fairy in the bird feeder, just got me uh, grounded into the world that they're creating because that's the kind of shit you'd have to deal with. Some people, you know, have squirrels running up the posts of the bird feeders and they're eating the seed. In this world, it's uh, it's fairies that are fucking getting into everything, right? See, for me, it was like uh, it was like Philip Pullman's Golden Compass series, yep. where you know sometimes. In the world building, you have things that are too unusual and it it's harder to slide into it, right. you know, and with Philip Pullman's books and, and the one movie that they made, which, you know, there was three books, but there's, you know, it was such a flop and such a terrible movie that you, we won't see the other two. Right. But it's sort of like, you know, it's it's creating new mythology, creating a whole new story arc that we've never seen before. And so even though we saw it in Lord of the Rings and there was humans with orcs and all these kind of things, but it was just in that fantasy land, it was different. This was just sort of unusual. So for me, it took a minute to to give it a fair shake. Right. And I overcame that and I'm so glad I did. And maybe the critics couldn't do it. They're like, oh, this is just stupid. This is like V. Right. Yeah, well, it's, like you said, it's very derivative, and I guess maybe that's a trigger for critics because you see fucking so many films. <laughs> you, know? you see film after film after film, and if it's just another one that's just another reverberation of some other film, you're like, oh, God, I got to go li- go through this shit again? <laughs> yeah. But you and I, you know, when's the last, you know, I don't think I've watched, rewatched Alien Nation since I saw it in the theater, like in the 80s. They did a TV show. Well, I, I remember maybe watching an episode or two of that, but it wasn't. It was just a buddy cop film. Happened to have an alien in it. <laughs> yeah, District Nine, totally fun, just ripping the premise of alienation off. But in itself, the way it tells that story, it's a wildly innovative and interesting and original film. But it's also, you know, it's kind of like Star Wars in the sense that when we go to Tatooine you see humans interacting with all these crazy aliens yep. and we don't think anything of it. Right. But it's about bringing them to our world and suddenly it's weirder and all that's, that's all they had to do was just take the cast of like the cantina bar and put them in a bar on Queen Street. Right. And suddenly it's, it's here, right? And then build a story around it. So it's not, you know, rocket science, but nobody ever does it because it just feels weird. Right. But you have to have a little bit of bravery. And I think that uh, in the end of the day, the bright people had some bravery. Yeah. Uh, so the story is uh, Will Smith's uh, L.A. cop. He's got a partner who's an orc. 
and it just they get wrapped up in this kind of magical how would you say well i would like, say that so in this world they they're all integrated so they've managed to integrate orcs and elves the elves are all rich yeah. because they're so fucking smart yeah. and you know clever and uh you know able yep and so they have like their part of town is the rich part of town with right. golden ivory towers and right and what have you. And so in the world of policing, which this this film centers around, the elves are the highly respected detectives. Right. Right. You'd never see a beat cop who was an elf. Right. You see humans as beat cops. And this story centers around a beat cop that is reckless and nobody wants to work with. And he gets his a, a new partner who is an orc. And it's right. the first orc to join the police force. Right. Who is, they're treated like a second class citizen. In the film, they're kind of portrayed as like, uh, you know, hoodlums. And right. they're, 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 they're portrayed like blacks are often portrayed. Right. In ghetto slums, crime, you know, do rags, the whole bit. Like that's how they're depicted. Right. And so he's this one orc always wanted to be a policeman. Right. And he's kind of a, right. an outcast amongst his own people because these orcs have these, these two big bottom fangs that mean that they've been blooded. Uh, and his, the main character, the, this orc has uh, them filed down because he has he them to, blooded. He wants to, well, he wants to, uh, he has to prove himself and <clears throat> right. Or he wants to integrate. Yeah. No, that's not why he he did. He had, they were filed down because he his bloodline had never been blooded. His father was a coward. He was a coward. He's depicted as a coward and his grandfather right. was. Right. It's like a shame that they're, they're carrying. Right. And so that, that's a, an immediate way to be seen. So they're forced basically like a, a circumcision in some ways. Right. 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 He was so good. Uh, Joel Edgerton is the orc. He plays Jacoby, the orc partnered with Will Smith. He was so good. He was. He's a great actor, that guy. Played it so straight. Yeah. Yeah, just a great, and they have a great chemistry, him and uh, Will Smith. Kind of reminded me of like um, Adam 12 <laughs> to go back. To go it's back great into, the, into the 60s. The That's partner, right. you got Reed and uh, fuck's the other guy. Oh, Malloy. Uh, Reed and Malloy. Driving in the Adam 12 and their cop, uh, their cruiser, their roller in uh, L.A. See, I find that, you know, if I were to pretend I was a critic for a minute yep. and pick apart a film, yep. my biggest problem with it is Will Smith. Whereas I don't think he was necessary to it. I think right. his, oh no, uh-uh. Oh, hell yeah. Of, like a, how I opened the podcast. That kind of like, um, you know, it was just, it was so Will Smithish. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, I think you and I were talking about this uh, before the podcast is Will Smith is, he's becoming like Tom Cruise where he, he has uh, a thing and he has a thing. thing that he does. That's right. That's right. It's funny when you look at it, if you go to IMDb and you look up the actors and you read down below, you'll have like, some of them will have, it's almost like a resume or a bio, um, uh, a piece of information about them. So it's like, if you're casting, uh, here's this guy, here's the thing he does. And, 
with Will Smith now, while he's done some good movies and he's done, well, sorry, he's done some great movies. Yeah. Um, and some great dramatic roles like in pursuit of happiness. I really love that movie. And, uh, like I literally went home, I saw that in the theater. I went home, I went on eBay and I bought a Captain America Mego doll, right? Paid whatever for the doll and I paid 70 bucks for the box from another person so I could have the pair. <laughs> right. Like, cause his son in the, in the story carries around one of these things. Right. So, you know, he is capable of being a great actor. Uh, Six Degrees of Separation is one of my all time favorite films. He was brilliant in that. Right. Um, and, you know, who doesn't love Fresh Prince? But the the character he played in Independence Day, that version of Will Smith is tiresome. Right. And that's the character he played in this movie. Right. So yeah. I think they, if they would have cast somebody, even an unknown, they could have had a really, an exceptional film on right. their hands. And it was great. Like, and it was. Right. Where the premise isn't loaded down with the, all the baggage that Will Smith fucking brings to it. Yeah. It's like watching War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. It's that <laughs> it starts and he's there and his daughter's not, you know, with the mother and he's down on his luck and he's a working class Joe and stuff. But his jeans are so brand new and his shoes are so shiny and his, yeah. you know, his snaggle tooth is. He doesn't have a hole in his sock and. Yeah. He doesn't look <laughs> rough. You know, he looks too shiny. He looks like, oh, look, there's a, uh, there's a millionaire pretending to be a working stiff. Right. And you know, Will Smith is kind of becoming that. Having said that, there was character growth and development. He did a great job in that film in the end. I liked almost yeah. just about everything about it. It's reminiscent of Warriors, where it's like two people in a neighborhood right. trying to survive well, I was like, the situation. I was, I was thinking of Colors. Or Colors, yeah. With uh, uh, Sean Penn. Um, there's a guy who uh, they get a call on Jacoby and what was Will Smith's name? Can't remember. Ward. Darryl. Ward. That's Ward, right. Ward. They went by last names always. Yeah. Like Ward and Jacoby. Yeah. So you got, there's a call that uh, Ward and Jacoby get called into and there's a guy in the middle of the street. He's got a big sword, a big broadsword, and he kind of weirdly gives up quickly. You think it's going to be, you know, this big confrontation, but he just drops a sword and goes, okay. And they put him in the car and he's, kind of relevant to figuring out what's going on. But his name is Serling. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe it might be a neat kind of tribute to Rod Serling because the, this film, like Alienation and, and District 9, you know, it's using science fiction, in this case, more uh, fantasy, you know, as a metaphor for shining light on um, societal problems. And that's something that Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone did in spades. So I'm thinking maybe they're maybe making a comment there on it. Well, looking at all the names that they've used in this uh, movie, the yeah. character names, there's lots of little, like there's a Montague. There's one character, Seraphin. Right. Like they've, <laughs> there's a That's Hicks. Funny. Oh, from aliens. That's right. He's the asshole there. That guy, that actor. Oh, he, that guy with the mustache or the stupid, little uh, stupid mustache. The bald head. Oh wait, that's somebody else. No, he, you know the asshole, the main asshole. Yeah, not the guy with the mustache. The other one, he was one of the oh, group right. that was. Yeah. Gets, it's like you know, you got to do something about this guy. You got to get like rid of a, him. A guy who shows up and he's like background uh, actor in so many shows now. <laughs> but it's like uh, Naomi Rapace. Rap yeah, Numi Rapace. Numi. Yeah, Numi. Oh, Numi. Remember her from um, Back to Aliens. Yeah, Alien. Or 
whatever the hell it was. Prometheus. Prometheus. That's it. Uh, Or or better yet, uh, the girl with the The dragon dragon tattoo, tattoo, you know. And she's, you know, she's great. She's become like the Netflix darling now. She's in like so many movies on Netflix. Yeah. Well, she's uh, got a real interesting look here. She's like a super elf who's, I think she herself is bright. Yeah. So bright in the film means a person that can uh, wield magic. No, can touch a wand. Well, and then use it as for magic, right? The magic wand is kind of a MacGuffin that they're chasing because it's it's an interesting comment they make where in this world, a magic wand is like a nuclear weapon of magic, right? Like it's super powerful. Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, exactly. It's something they've got to they get a hold of and they've got to protect because the enemy wants to, Numi Rapace wants to come and uh, get it. But the problem is, is that in this mythology, uh, if you are not a bright, and brights are very, very rare, if you're not this chosen person, you know, through some magical reason, uh, you will just disintegrate if you touch it. Yeah, exactly. But she's great. She has a really uh, a weird otherworldly look to her. An eth- she's ethereal. A she has an th- ethereal look. She is a great elf. She's one of those people who play a great elf. Great stunts. Great. All these flips and amazing fight scenes in heels. You know? <laughs> it was great. I thought all the fight scenes were really like I was in it. The, you know, all the little nuggets, the fact that Will Smith was, you know, an excellent shot. And, you know, when he when he shoots this guy or that guy, it was just well, it was well put together. And you, yeah. you know. There's once, a big kind of shocking twist, which is really interesting. I don't know. Fuck. Spoiler alert. Well, by now you should have watched it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Don't listen to a show called Bri- about Bright if you're going to. So everyone's giving Will Smith a hard time. He's a partner. He's kind of a rogue guy. Nobody wants to partner with him. And he's stuck with this orc. But people like the orc even less. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't know if they really spell that out. But anyway, racism. But it's just straight racism, racism doesn't make fucking sense. Yeah. So in this this film echoes that people are just fucking they don't like orcs. There's well, they, a yeah, they, they have, touch with a thing which is interesting where you know way back in prehistory like 2000 years ago the orcs made a deal with the dark lord and they've been branded as fucking traitors and bad people ever since that, right? Yeah, cuz they fought, right? They fought each other. So it's kind of an interesting combination between racism and, you know, religious, you know, hatred. Yeah. Right? Interesting. In history, it's sort of like, uh, you know, treating Germans bad because of Nazis. Right. You know, like this time, time moves onward. And here is this moment in time, like, uh, you know, the end of segregation, uh, uh, the end right. of segregated schools and water fountains and all that madness, right. which, you know, I taught when my kids hear these things, it's just, you, they can't even conceive that this was once, a, you know, a reality for some people. Right. And this is this film touches on that where here's the first orc who's going to join the police force against people who hate orcs. Right. So now, and orcs hate him. His own people hate him. Yeah. Traitor. He's, he's a traitor. Totally out of out he's of a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, and his people are always you know in trouble. So the police are always dealing with them. So now, not only. It's like a gangbanger who joins the police force. Right. You know, his own people. Yeah, can you like, trust him? You know, if, if shit comes 
down and some orc is on the firing line. Is this guy going to take him down or what's he going to do, right? That's right. I don't know. What's really interesting in this, it was a great script, uh, a scripted part where he chases down a perp. Right. And it looks like, and internal and, uh, internal affairs says that he let them go because they were an orc. Uh, the guy who, a, a guy who came out and shot Will Smith. Yeah. Who didn't kill him, but shot him. Yeah. And, um, in the end, we, you know, they asked Will Smith to, you know, record a conversation and try to get the, the orc hung up. Right. Get him to Hang admit himself. what he's done, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, in the end, you find out that, yes, he did let the guy go. He admits that he let him go. Yeah. But it's because he wasn't the guy. Yeah. And, and everyone he, was closing in. The guy was doomed. That's right. And yeah. he was like, he had to let him go and he helped him escape even. Yeah. Because... He knew that it wasn't the guy, and Will Smith. Well, how do you know? And he's like, "Cause we have a better like they have a smell, like it's smelling smell. on him. Yeah. So yeah. he knew that it wasn't the guy. Yeah. He has these other extra uh, extra sensory yeah. things that we don't have, and he has them. But right. he knew that nobody would believe him. And so they set that up in the film. They set it up beautifully. Smelling shit, right? Yeah. They planted all the all the right little. They said you're uh, hiding something. I can smell it on you. Right? All the lifelines were laid out. Yeah. And so when that part of the story opens up and you and he admits that he did let him go, but he also admits that he let him go because he wasn't guilty. Right. You know, and he knew that nobody would believe him. It was like it was really well laid out. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that's was the beginning of the you know, the real trust that started happening between him and Will Smith. Right. Uh, right. And Will Smith, of course, that was reluctant. Like, he yeah. didn't want to, but it was like, you can't, you have to wake up and say, you know, at some point, it's like when you see films about slavery where white people are treating black people badly, at some point, somebody has to wake up and go, hold on, we're really no different. Right. Why Why is this happening? <laughs> right. This is fucking crazy. Yeah, like, why are you doing this to these people? Like, what did this particular person do to you? And the answer yeah. is nothing. That's it. They're, and they're, <laughs> they're literally just people. <laughs> Like just so, people so easily lost. <laughs> the site is easily lost that way. It's so funny. That's right. But, uh, so the people on the police force, uh, you don't want this orc and, you know, uh, Jacoby and Ward investigate this house and they find a wand there, a magic wand, which is like they say, it's a, the nuclear device of magic. You get that shit. Anything's possible, but only certain people can wield it. Um, and, uh, they call it in and the people that come are all, you know, Will Smith's, you know, chief of police or whatever. And, you know, his partners, uh, buddies on the cop for not buddies, but you know, other people in the force show up and they figure out the scheme where they're going to, they tell uh, ward, this is the point where we can get rid of the orc cause we can make up all these stories. And then, you know, you have to go out and shoot them and we'll make up a story. And then, when he leaves, the cops are like, okay, we're going to kill both of them and then we'll take the one. And this scene where they're all standing there and they're waiting for uh, Will Smith to shoot the, to shoot Jacoby and Jacoby's like, what's going on? You know, what are you doing? What's happening? And then Will Smith turns around and just shoots, shoots all his, shoots the cops dead. Yeah. It's like a really, it's really well done. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily, it is surprising. Like he just shoots them all. Shoots his well because he says he's he's like he's talking to Jacob and he's he's saying you know like they want to kill you they want the wand all this stuff and he's ready to sell him out yeah you know he's he's battling with himself yeah right 
And then when he realizes the mistake he's making and he recalls the goodness in his heart and, and, and the, the decency that he actually has. Or, or and a, a, a fair share of, they're going to kill me too. Obviously, they're yeah, going to let me walk the away. the reality of it all. <laughs> and then he says to him, he's like, you know, and this is one of those great movie moments in an action film where he says, you know, tell me of the order, where are they? Yeah, and he wants from left to right because he's got his back to the other cops, and yeah. Jacoby is looking facing towards them. So he's asking them like left to right, where are they? And he tells them, and he just turns around and bam, 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 bam <laughs> and he kills them all in the slow motion. Well, yeah, kills and wounds. Yeah. But it's like you know, and then you have like the 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 gangster, you know, gang guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, and he wants the wand because he wants to restore his ability Legs. to walk. Yeah. yeah. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And it's sort of like, but you can't just touch this thing. It's not, yeah. it's not a magic wand as much as it is like, if you're not like the Ark of the Covenant, you open it up and you're not worthy. It's going to just fucking, you know, one guy's head's going to implode. One's going to explode and one's going to melt. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, they had a great chemistry, Will Smith and Joel Edgerton in it. It was, they really worked really well together. It was a great chemistry. Yeah. Really helped sell that part of the film, the, these two characters being put together and then they slowly, like you said, learning to trust each other. And it, it's like completely different from Men in Black. Like, <laughs> completely exactly like Men in Black, <laughs> but different because it's it's not Will Smith and... Uh, I don't know if that really, Matt, if that really... It's what all buddy cop movies are like. Yeah, it's a definitely a buddy cop film. Yeah. yeah, they're all like that. So it's like you, you know, but they're fun. They're all. But there's heart there. There's heart that helps anchor the film, right? The relationship between the two of them. The uh, one thing that I was really um, disappointed in was the one, the woman who plays his wife. Yeah, not in it very much. Uh, is it Don Olivieri? Yeah, it's Don Olivieri. They have a kind of a neat uh, interaction at the beginning, Will Smith and his wife, like I said. There's a f- fairy in the bird feeder. And then Will Smith calls her and says, take the kids, get out of town. Yeah, and then we never see her again. And that's it. Well, there was a show called House of Lies that I loved so much, starring Don Cheadle and Kristen Bell. Yep. And um, which, you know, as far as shows con- are concerned, it has... Most shows end badly. Like the last episode is usually shit. House of Lies had the best ending ever. But he, she played his ex-wife on that show. Yeah. And she is not only smoking hot, but she is such a great actress and she played such an asshole in the show. Like she was just the worst ex-wife <laughs> you could have. Wow. And, but, you know, in a real way. Yep. And so it was kind of a shame that they didn't use her a little bit more. Like right. to create a little bit more dynamics. It's a bit of a cop out to always have this sort of like, uh, like his family is so insignificant to his life. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's supposed to anchor him and make him human and likable. And then they just jettison it. Yeah. Like there's nothing. Yeah. And so I thought that was a bit disappointing. I just like her. I would like to see more of her. Right. Yeah. She seem, does seem kind of wasted. I think probably the funniest part is all the shit goes down. And at the end, uh, Jacoby and Ward are in the hospital, right? They've been injured or whatever. And like, uh, Ward's like, okay, don't say, don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything. Cause the cops are coming in to, you know, interrogate. I'm like, what happened? Give us a briefing. What happened? Right. <laughs> and then 
They don't even think the cops say anything. They just walk into the room. <laughs> Jacoby's like, it was, this is what, this is what happened. This is what we did. It was <laughs> us. It was us. And we had the, the, yeah, we had the wand and he's very much like, he's kind of, you know, Starfire-ish. Yeah. You know, and that sort of, there's an, there's a directness and yeah. an innocence. Yeah. In, yeah. In, yeah. There is in his portrayal. You know. Yeah. And but, then Will Smith's just rolling his eyes like. <laughs> and the detectives, which is one, one is this elf who's been following yeah. along the story. Yeah. They're just standing there watching them. They don't say anything. Jacoby just keeps giving it all up. Every, every possible thing he can say. <laughs> and Will Smith is just like waiting and the detectives are waiting. And, and then the detective says, uh, officer, or ward and whatever. Will Smith starts saying, here's what happened. We did this, 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 and this, which was all just like bullshit line feeding. Like here's the, <laughs> here's the official police report that yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to sign. And this is all I have to say about it. There was no wand. I didn't see a <laughs> wand. There was no wand. There was some <laughs> renegade this there, you know, it was just a complete fluff piece and cover up. Yeah. And the detectives were, thank you, Mr. Ward. And that was it. You know? <laughs> and we know that they had the wand, but they were just following with the good cover up of something that has to happen. <laughs> While the orc is just like, he's such a nerd. You know? <laughs> he is a nerd. There were, yeah, that was a really great moment. Even when you brought it up, I started laughing and, you know, it was like, this, <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was really well done, really well acted. And they both like, again, that's that chemistry. And it's all, all the way to the end of the film. And you see the culmination of all of that chemistry between the two of them. And it's just like, that's it. <laughs> so that's a relationship. It's funny. Um, there's a twist at the end. I don't know that I'm going to give it away, but it's telegraphed. Like, you know, it's coming, but it still is kind of strangely satisfying. You know? Well, I think that they, with the twist, they, they handled it in a very clever way because yeah. the way that Hollywood films would normally handle that twist, if we're not yeah. going to say it, it would come out of left field or whatever, right? It would come out of left field, but then it would be the result of the film. Right. So the film would end and that would be the new story where the story ended up. Right. And in this film, they didn't do that. Yeah. There was a result and, and they let it be. Yeah. And it ends where the way it started. <laughs> yeah. You know, they didn't end where the typical trajectory would lead them. Right. Now, IMDb gives it like a six and a half. And with uh, still a low, ver you know, drastically, you know, it's pretty low. That's a low rating, and it's with a pretty big. Like you were talking about, like how many people voted? That's one hundred twenty-three thousand. Wow. Um, now I often bring this up because I think that it's just absolute fucking mind bending. Uh, but True Detective, the first season. Yeah. Did you Did you see it? I watched a few episodes of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. See, and that's surprising because everybody, because apparently it's the greatest show that has ever existed. I enjoyed it. I'm, I probably didn't give enough time to really get sucked into it. I liked it. You yeah. know, I know other people who are like, you know, they, they come a little bit when they think about it because they <laughs> love it so much. And it's just, you know, it's good. It's just, you know, a testament to how bad everything else is. Right. But, uh, True Detective on IMDb, and I don't know if it's the highest rated show that is on IMDb, but 395,000 votes. Yep. It ends up with nine. Holy shit. And I remember noticing this. <laughs> so a, many people agree. A while back. <laughs> nine. <laughs> How that show gets a nine? It's a seven at best. Right. You know, because it's a bit weird and it's a bit, it's a bit uh, airy. 
she a bit know? airy? Is she, is, she, is she a little bit airy? Is she a bit airy? And in the sense that it's like, it's like, you know, it's kind of monotone. It's kind of depressed kind of dialogue yeah. and yep. feel. And I like a lot of movies that are like that. And those movies all flop. So <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on this review and this rating that there's something up. There's no way almost 400,000 people voted and it ended up nine. Nine. Yeah. No way. bots. Yeah. I think it's Russians. It's fucking Russians. Russian hackbots. True detective. Good show. Good show. <laughs> Putin like very much. <laughs> it Putin favorite show. Yes. Putin love. <laughs> so good. Putin love Woody Harrelson. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> I love that. McConaughey. It's so, it's so good. Hang loose. Hang loose. I- drive Lincoln. I drive Lincoln. <laughs> I have Lincoln. I, have, I dug up Lincoln. I have him buried in the backyard. <laughs> He's my Lincoln now. America cannot have him. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, I got Lincoln. <laughs> it's finger linking good. He already has hole in skull. I use his skull as bowling ball. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have Booth Museum. John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes personal Booth. Personal hero. Little known. Russian. <laughs> he was Russian. He, he got his acting career started on Russian stage. Oh, shit. He rushed into theater to shoot president. <laughs> so as I mentioned, David, uh, David, I think it's David Ayer uh, was a director. Um, so I pretty much feel that this is uh David Ayer redeeming himself for Suicide Squad, which is fucking terrible. But one thing I noticed in this film is, um, but I very like Suicide Squad. Oh my god! Are I you, saw it twice in the theater. Are you serious? I did. But this but, is our final nerd stalking. <laughs> Next week it'll be nerd talking. I loved how they desexualized the female lead in Harley Quinn. They desexualized Harley Quinn. Yeah, because in my mind, she was way dirtier. Oh, no. okay. Uh, she's, I liked it. You know, it was a fun comic book movie. We, Jesus we, Christ, Chad. How, do you remember when Evan was on the show? I remember when Evan was on the show. And how he talked all that madness about Batman and Robin being a great movie. He's the yeah. best Batman movie, which is fucking crazy. But what he was right about was that it was a great comic book movie. Right. In the sense that it was silly and it was like, you know... I know I didn't agree with that even when Evan said that because no, I, I think he's selling comic books short because comic books are great movie. literature. They could do great things. They can. You know. But in in the I guess when he says comic books. I know unless movie, you say like a sixties comic he's, book. He's movie. talking about Batman the sixty six right. you know, in that because that shit was terrible. That was grizz fucking comic <laughs> well, genius. Well, again in context. But Suicide Squad, while it had a lot of problems, it it was a, a relatively okay movie. And I saw it twice because, and not because I loved it so much that I saw it twice. I just happen to have seen it. And I don't see anything <laughs> twice in the theater anymore. I cannot agree with you. But I saw it once with you. Yeah. And I saw it then again with my kids. Yeah. You know, it was all right. I liked the Joker. I think he was a great Joker. He was my second favorite Joker. Yeah. The Joker part was good, but he was only in 10% of the film, if that. It was enough. It was enough. <laughs> Batman you, was in it even less. You don't like the pole dancing enchantress? Uh, no, I just hated the Enchantress. 
It was okay. It was all right. It was all right. Fucking. Anyway. I hated the 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 giant Egyptianish guy. Yeah, her brother. It's all that fucking DC was a blowing he fucking was a, bullshit. He was a lawnmower man. Yeah, I just nineties graphics. But anyway, we did all this in our Suicide Squad review. Check that out. <laughs> Check out a review of this shitty film. But uh, <laughs> what, what I was going to say is one thing I noticed in uh, Bright is that it had a great soundtrack, really excellently used which was my biggest complaint about Suicide Squad, which was just, yeah. it was fucking obnoxious. Well, because it was just trying to like do what Guardians did without doing what Guardians right. did. Well, what the soundtrack in Bright is doing is it's establishing the same feel. It's mostly a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of really great rap in it, trying to establish, you know, that idea of orcs replacing black people as kind of the, you know, the the whipping boys of society, right? The, where the racism really falls. And they did a good job. Great songs. I really like the soundtrack to it. Uh, one thing I'm a little curious, you brought up the, uh, the soldier of light or whatever they were, the guy who was sw- swinging the sword. Yeah. So they bring him in, they question him and he talks about the dark Lord and this and that. And he yep. comes off like some sort of Templar esque, yeah. You know, knight of the round table kind of guy. Yeah. Yep. And he denies it. They shine a light and you see a glow in the dark tattoo. Yeah. Um, and then he talks to shit a little. There was no follow up with that. No, there wasn't. Like there was no point to even have him in there. <laughs> just a little bit of exposition. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I thought he would play a role or there'd be some, even, even, uh, you know, the army, even if they weren't used, that they would get there to fight for the wand or something, right? But no, just gone. The the, the interrogation room was the last time you see him. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like there was a few things where they were setting up a sequel that they knew they were, like, if they would have thought about it, they, they would know they were never going to get. Right. This isn't Men in Black, you know? This isn't Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and Disney and, yeah. you know? Well, it's always kind of hard to see a path to a sequel, but then they get the brains working on it and they find a way. So they might. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just another, maybe just other people in a world still where fantasy characters exist with humans. Yeah. Well, there's lots about this world I'd like to explore. Yeah. You know, I'd like them to, to, to blow it up a bit. Yeah. And that guy was one of them. Maybe they'll follow the uh, fairy at the end of the film and see what he's up to. Yeah. It'll just be a little animated film. Call it fairies. He's a, he's a little bit fairy. He's a little bit fairy. He's a little fairyish. <laughs> okay, here's the story. It's a fairy. He lives on Vancouver Island, and he has to take a ferry <laughs> to get home. So the ferry's on the ferry. It's called Fairy in a Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like um, which Batman had Heath Ledger in it? Uh, I don't know the one with. Dark, Joker in it. The Dark Knight? Yeah, the Dark Knight. That's right. And they had two fairies with bombs on them. Well, one had a bomb and one didn't. I didn't know which one was which. I didn't like that that Joker. And I know that Heath Ledger's dead and now you can't say anything bad about, you know, everybody's <laughs> going to say, oh, he's the best Joker that ever was with his dirty hair. He wasn't the best Joker. He was the worst Joker. He was the best Joker, man. No, no, so sorry. Good. Okay, he he was better than Jack Nicholson. Right. Yeah, I don't really find Jack Nicholson. Cesar Romero was the best Joker, followed by Metal Teeth there from Suicide Squad. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. 
I thought even, you know, and because, and he was great because he was the Cesar Romero Joker, you know, just up, updated. Right. Yeah. No, I, Heath Ledger's Joker was amusing at best. I found him really off putting and off kilter and not sure where he was going with it. You kind of appreciate the craft of Heath Ledger a little bit while you're watching it. You appreciate just the unpredictability of this character in the movie. I thought he was really good. But he wasn't comedic in any way. Yeah, that's true. And he's he called the Joker. Jokes. And and so the Joker, that's that's what's that's what's the most terrifying about yeah. the Joker is that he's laughing. Yeah. While people are dying. I see what you mean. I have to say that the Heath Ledger Joker didn't really seem like he was enjoying himself. In fact, no. he just seemed he was kind of bored and like, whatevs. He should have been like Two-Face <laughs> or someone like that. Like, he would have been just fine. They could have made him a hundred different characters. Right. Uh, but as the Joker, there was no... <laughs> yeah, he know? laughed a little bit, but the Joker, there's got to be a reason why he's laughing. There was no real reason presented with But he's Ledger. crazy. Yeah. With, you know, even with like any comic book interaction between the Joker and Batman, Joker's always like... Oh, what's the matter, bats? You know what's funny? They kind of set it up at the beginning of the Dark Knight. Maybe the kind of Joker that they're going with in the film is he kind of sets up a prank where each guy is thinking they're being double-crossed by the guy in front of him, so they shoot him, and then finally he shoots the last guy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a joke, a prank. It's not that he doesn't do jokes or pranks. Like even like, you know, he's got two bombs, one's on this boat, one's on this. He's trying to make his, his statement. Yeah. But the Joker is more of a homicidal maniac who is just thinks it's hilarious. Everything's hilarious. Right. Right. And then you're like, how do you stop someone who is just, you know, there, there isn't, he's not trying to make a statement. His statement is there's no statement. He's just doing it because he's bad. Yeah. Well, the Heath Ledger Joker is an anarchist. Yeah. Right. But then like he's like Michael Caine says, some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he's doing. He's burning. He wants to burn everything. He's a, he's a little bit burning. <laughs> he's burning. He's like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he's like Bernie Sanders. So I think that does it for a chat about Bright and Will Smith. I'll get on my knees here. Hello. And beg listeners to like and subscribe to this podcast if you found it a worthwhile listen on any podcast platform you use. You can reach us for comment at nerds at nerdstocking.com and our website is nerdstocking.com and there you can find uh, an archive of our previous episodes as well as a list of our short videos that we've made. If you like the videos, make a comment. Yeah. If you don't like it, make a comment. Exactly. It's all good. Comments, input's good. Comment's good. On there, you can also find hooks into our social media empire. So, peace out. Classic kind of gangster shack, I can tell you. We're going to find weapons here. Trent, watch your head. Don't eat the cow's head. Just checking for panels. Ah, you hear that? Yeah, it's all over there. See, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I haven't seen this type of setup. It's almost like a chemistry type of a set. There's gonna be something. What is this cock? What is this? Yeah, I don't know. This has got the markings there of, of uh, so it, it's definitely alien. But it's, uh, 
Not a weapon. But I don't trust it. You know, I don't trust anything that's... You're right, Bruce. Because you're right. <laughs>